0: You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Tiger Nation. Welcome to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right, five days a week. It's a daily glance into What's going on in Clemson Athletics, including the number one team in college football and still undefeated, Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers. Going to break down their 73-7 victory over Georgia Tech on Saturday throughout this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order. And looking forward to diving deep into what happened in this game in terms of why things went Clemson's way, and how it snowballed on the Yellow Jacket so quickly. And even though it was such a lopsided 66-point victory for the Tigers, there's still a lot of lessons to learn, and I've got three of those for you. Things that I saw, more big-picture look than anything. Going to go over that in just a few moments. Then we'll go deep into the numbers and inside the box score figure out from a statistical standpoint why Clemson had so much success against this Yellow Jacket team on the road in Atlanta. And then finally, to wrap things up, how historic was this victory? I'll go over some news, notes, and I'll touch on the quarterback situation behind Trevor Lawrence for the Clemson Tigers heading into this week's game against the Syracuse Orange back in Death Valley at noon. I'm your host Brad Sinkoff, I'm also a writer for AllClemson.com, I'm the deputy editor and I co-host the Press Box on 105.5 The Roar, the flagship station of the Clemson Tigers. Let's dive right into today's topic and reviewing the game between Georgia Tech and Clemson. And I told you on Friday, I have not said this all year, that I was extremely confident this was the week that I knew the Tigers were gonna cover the spread it was a 27 point line it felt oh 27 and a half it felt a little low honestly uh, I'd say this should have been about at least 30 probably should have been 35 uh not gonna put a 66 point spread on a game but still it felt kind of low because as I'd mentioned everything that I thought Georgia Tech did poorly Clemson did well one of those being forcing turnovers and we and we saw that in this game the Tigers forced three. They committed to themselves, but they won the turnover battle because of their defense and how they were able to get after Jeff Sims and how they were able to force some fumbles. And it worked out really well for the Tigers from that standpoint. So this game, I don't want to say it went like I thought it would. I didn't expect Trevor Lawrence to throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns, both career highs. But I did expect Clemson to win this one comfortably. I don't think I would have guessed 52-7 to at the half, which is what it was. But I did think Clemson was looking at something like forty-eight to thirteen. I think is what I said. I gave Georgia to take way too many points in this one. Got some lessons that were learned because there's still a lot to take out of a game, no matter whether it's a blowout or it's a one-point victory. Can really dive deep and find some things. And this is more big-picture look at where the Tigers are coming out of this one and what I saw and what stuck out to me about this game. First and foremost, Clemson is right on schedule. Dabo Sweeney, in case you don't know, the head coach is such a master planner. I mean, I I like to plan. I like to know where I'm going to be every day throughout the year or, through, or throughout the week. Uh, I don't do it throughout the year, though. That's what Coach Sweeney does. He sits down in the summer, in the offseason, and he writes out his calendar daily for an entire 365 days. Now, that's extreme for me, but it works really well for him. And when I also say he's a master planner, he also plans where he wants his football team to be. And he came out of this one talking about the Tigers and how they grew up last week. He thought that was the big key, was they played a lot of young players on a big national stage against Miami, a top-10 matchup, and he thought his guys rose to the occasion and showed up in a big way. And that carried over to this week, where he felt like they improved. So one week they grow up. The next week they apply the coaching that went on throughout the week. And I think I give a lot of credit. I know the players dominated this game. But I think mean, you got to give a lot of credit to the coaches, and I'll tell you more about why I think Brent Venables uh, deserves some credit here uh, for what he got his defense to do in just a moment. But I was really, really impressed with how prepared Clemson looked, how focused they were, and really there was no letdown, no hangover from a big win or anything like that. They came out and played as well as they possibly could, and that doesn't happen very often. And even though they made some a couple mistakes and did turn the ball over twice in the first half and gonna get to that in just a moment as well but even though they did that uh, they accomplished everything they wanted to accomplish and looked the best that they have probably looked all season from start to finish and they played a lot of players in this game emptied the bench the entire travel roster I think got out there and played in this one but really was very impressed with how coach Sweeney had his team ready to go and now they're where they need to be you know that's I say they're they're on schedule meaning, They've gotten through the Miami game. They've now gone on the road to Georgia Tech and didn't have a letdown, and they've grown up so many players. It feels like right now that things are building in the way that Coach Winnie wants him to go, and he always uses the first two months of the season to, to prepare his team and build their depth from the bottom up, and he really wants guys to understand and have the same urgency when they're on the field in the fourth quarter as they would be if they were starting on the first play of the game. So I think Clemson's come a a long way in that process, and I think Coach Sweeney has this squad exactly where he wants them to be through five games. Also want to take a look at Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence. The lesson learned here, they're both human, sort of. Trevor Lawrence had not thrown an interception going into this game in over 350 pass attempts. It had been a whole year since he last had an interception well, it didn't take too long in this one before the big turnover, the miscue occurred. And really, it was, just, it, was a, it was an un-Trevor Lawrence-like play in which he threw the interception. He got pressure up the middle. He really wasn't sure about what he was doing on that play. And he just threw the ball up for grabs. And that's just not something you see him do. He really wasn't... There wasn't really a receiver that was going to get to that ball. He didn't place it where any of his guys could, could catch it. Georgia Tech was standing right there and waiting on it. And they came up with a big interception... And really, you know, it was almost in a way like it it sort of kind of got that monkey off his back. He was knocking on the door of Russell Wilson's all-time ACC record of consecutive passes without an interception. I think he needed about 14 more to break that record, and he just didn't quite get there. And I don't think he was too upset about it uh, after the game because he threw 404 yards and five touchdowns. So he was sort of human for a moment, and then he went back to looking like a robot. The throw that he had to Amari Rogers on a 16-yard uh, corner route was unbelievable as he rolled to his left, squared his body, and then threw it right into the bread basket there where nobody else could catch it but Amari Rogers. Travis Etienne had an off game here. Only 44 yards rushing on 11 carries. Didn't do much in the passing game either. Just two catches for 29 yards. For whatever reason... This just wasn't his kind of game. And Clemson's game plan was to take advantage of the outside, and they did that. They really stressed Georgia Tech and made their corners and their DBs try to cover so many offensive weapons. And that was, and Travis Etienne just simply wasn't part of the game plan this week. Yeah, he could have been. They could have just pounded the football, and he probably would have taken a bunch of unnecessary hits. So while he takes a maybe a necessary dip in his production, I don't think it's that big a deal. Just kind of a one-off game for him. I think he'll be fine. I would expect him to bounce back. And have a big one against Syracuse. He just wasn't really in the game plan. And he turned the ball over. So he looked a little human in this game. The third lesson learned in this one is just the fact that Brent Venables' defense was ready to show up in this game. And this was was a concern I had going into this game this week. It was an early start coming off of two night games. On the road. Like This is a different experience for most of the young players on this team. and They had to be ready to go. And he said they came down for breakfast. Now, they give them a little bit of break after breakfast to get the rest of their things together and head on out to the stadium. But they didn't do that. They came down ready, bags packed, uh, ate breakfast, and then immediately started watching film, putting in that last bit of of preparation for this game. That showed to him just how serious and committed this group is. And then they went out and performed like it. So uh, they had to rise for this game early. And they did that. It was a rise and shine for the Clemson defense. And I think it's really key for a group that's still searching for its identity. And I think, I think they're beginning to find it. As Brent Venom was talking about, toughness and discipline and fundamentals, all the things he's been harping on for four games, five consecutive weeks, it showed up in this game against Georgia Tech. They were very, very well prepared. And that's a great sign for Clemson's defense moving forward. Coming up next, going to dive deep into the numbers and take a statistical look at why the Tigers were able to come out with a 70, 73-7 to 7 victory. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, let me tell you the best way to chill on the weekends. I mean, what is it for you that makes you just kind of sit back, relax, take it easy, turn on the, the football on the TV screen, and just whew, let out one of those? How about a Coors Light? Now that will give you that chill feeling because it is chilled. Uh, Whenever you need that moment just to get away from everything, take a break, put your sports on and enjoy it. Coors Light is there for you. Even if your team is off that week or maybe they're postponed or canceled in this day and age, that's okay. There's still plenty of sports on TV right now and you can sit back and chill with a Coors Light. It's cold lager cold filtered cold package it's literally made to chill it's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies it's a perfect moment to unwind after a long day so sit back relax crack open a Coors Light that cold refreshing feeling is exactly the one I choose when I need to unwind so when you want to hit the reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com that's get Dot dot com. Sit back, chill, enjoy a refreshing Coors Light. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Everybody trying to get more protein in their diet. Why, why don't you do it with something that tastes good? That makes you feel good about what you're eating? Try Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar out there. 18 amazing flavors. It's a delicious-er and improved Built Bar. How about the caramel brownie, the brand new cookies and cream, the lemon almond cheesecake? How about an apple almond crisp for those crisp mornings here in the fall? Check out their 12 original flavors as well, like the raspberry, the German chocolate, salted caramel, double chocolate, coconut. You name it, they've got it. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. There's something for everybody with Built Bar. It's great for the health conscious guy. You can help yourself lose or maintain weight. And still get that delicious treat and not rob your body of flavor. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for you out there doing the keto diet. And, I mean, for example, the, the peanut butter. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. That's what you're going to put in your body. So check it out today. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On. going to give you 20% off your next order. Just type in locked on in the promo code 20% off at com. Now it's time to take a deeper look into Clemson's win over Georgia Tech. 66 point spread in this one. The Tigers cover the line with ease and do it in a big way with 73 points. And 52 of those came in the first half when the offense was just absolutely rolling. Trevor Lawrence got going early and often, hooked up. With 10 different receivers in the first half, finished with 404 yards, 24 of 32. Passing, quarterback rating, uh, was really solid, over over 215 in this one. And he looked, he looked good. I mean, he had the one interception, but from a statistical standpoint, it's hard to find anything else wrong uh, with his performance. Clemson, 671 yards in this game. A season high for the Tigers on offense. In fact, they didn't have a game with more yards than that uh, since last year against Boston College when they had 674 yards. So the offense really took advantage of a Georgia Tech defense that just couldn't cover, and it couldn't handle Clemson's speed. That was really, in, really one of the biggest uh, disadvantages in terms of speed that I feel like I've seen in a long time between two teams. And Amari Rogers was the big beneficiary of that uh, ability to break down and win one-on-one matchups. He finished with 161 yards, that's a career high, He caught two touchdowns on six receptions, had seven targets, averaged 26.8 yards per catch. He had an 83-yarder. It was the second longest connection between Rodgers and Trevor Lawrence. Last year they had that 87-yard connection against Syracuse on the road. So those two getting together on a deep route that was really cool because Amari Rodgers said he knew it was coming. He knew what the scripted play was. He knew what he had to run. On that play, and he just sort of sat there and waited and was able to uh, run right by the guy as the safety had to come up and take the tight end. It left him in in one-on-one matchup with a nickel safety, and he burned him and went the distance for a huge touchdown that had just come on the hills of Georgia Tech scoring on a 59-yard bomb. And Clemson answered with one play, and that was Lawrence to Amari Rodgers. You would expect a team to absolutely dominate yards per play, and that's a great indicator of just how good an offense was. 7.6 yards is what Clemson averaged every single play uh, in this game. Meanwhile, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets held a 3.5, so more than doubled up Georgia Tech's offensive yards per play production. And how about this? The offense 8 of 8 in the red zone. Struggled in the red zone last week, had to settle for some field goals. Couple of those, you know, didn't didn't even get past the line of scrimmage, uh, but they were they were not great in the red zone last week against Miami. This week, eight for eight, and a lot of that was just Trevor Lawrence making plays and giving his team every opportunity to go win the ball game. I told you earlier that they forced three turnovers in this game, one of those being a Nolan Turner interception, and the Tigers have now had six interceptions in the last three games and have any in the first two, six in the last three. They continue. To play extremely well in the secondary. Also, the speaking of the defense, they gave up just seven first downs all day to Georgia Tech. Seven the entire game. Meanwhile, Clemson had 29 first downs offensively. They were nine of seventeen on third down. Georgia Tech simply couldn't stay on the field. Way too many three and outs as they were two of fourteen on third downs, and Clemson dominated time of possession. 35-53 to twenty-four oh seven, And how about this with the defense for the Tigers? Five sacks. They continue to roll up big numbers in that department. In fact, right now, number two in the nation in sacks this season. And number three in sacks per game. So the Tigers continue, even though they don't have Justin Foster on the defensive front. Even though Xavier Thomas just came back uh, the last two games and has been very limited early on in his snaps. That young, aggressive unit continues to get after the quarterback and wreak havoc, and they're doing an extremely good job. They did it again against Georgia Tech and Jeff Sims, and I and I talked about that on Friday. I just did not think they could pass protect. I thought they'd force Sims into some bad plays, and they certainly did that with the pressure that was dialed up. Baylin Specter continues to impress as he just seems to live in the backfield, lives around the football, and had a, another solid game in this one. Clemson was led defensively in tackles, By Andrew Booth and Trenton Simpson. How about that? The freshman linebacker making a big impact for the Tigers in what was uh, kind of a, I guess, a coming out game for him a little bit. But still, a big, big time for Trenton Simpson to uh, have a big game on the road. Also in this game, defensively, Georgia had to go for it three times on fourth down. One of those Brent Venables was so excited about uh, when they got a stop on, on on a fourth down conversion. It was fourth and short. And Georgia Tech tried to run it up the middle. Man, just just stop. Just stop trying to run the ball up the middle on Clemson. I, I've never understood why teams attempt that. This Tigers snuffed it out immediately, got the stop, and Venables said that to him. And it is called turnover on downs. May or may not looked at in terms of the turnover margin, but for Brent Venables, that was a turnover. And he was very proud of his defense for getting that stop there early in the game on 4th. So the Clemson Tigers hold the Yellow Jackets to 204 yards after giving up just 210 against Miami last week. 132 came in the last three quarters for Georgia Tech. So the Clemson defense, even when it subbed out and went to a lot of second, third, even fourth stringers, the Tigers were able to get a lot of stops in this game. That wraps up Inside the Box score. Coming up next, give you a look at historically What happened in this game in terms of all those points that Clemson put up on the scoreboard. Plus, I'll give you a quick injury update on a couple quarterbacks that were on the sideline for Clemson in the second half. Now it's time to take a look at what Clemson did with some news, notes, and an injury update. 66-point victory margin is the largest in a game between two ACC teams since the conference began back in 1953. It's tied for the ninth-largest victory of margin by an ACC team against any team in any conference in the history of the league. The 66-point victory also tied Clemson's seventh-largest in school history, and they haven't had one this big since a 66-point win against South Carolina State back in 2014. It's also Clemson's second-largest win all time against a school presently in FBS, trailing only a 73-0 victory against... You guessed it, Georgia Tech back in 1903. So they matched the 73 points in that game against Georgia Tech. Clemson's 73 points, also the third most against an ACC opponent of all time. They had 82 against Wake Forest back in 1981, 77 points against Louisville, and just in 2018, just a couple years ago, at the end of the Bobby Petrino era. However, both of these performances came at home. So this was on the road. So it's Clemson's biggest road win. Uh, in the the conference history for them. Clemson also reached a 70-point mark for the 10th time in school history, and that 73 is 7th most in a single game. Clemson's 73 points also second most in a road game in school history. They had 94 against Furman in 1915, and of course that 73 against Georgia Tech back in 1903. The Tigers just missed on setting a record for the most yards in the first half with 473, 14 yards shy of the school record that they had back in 2012 against Duke when they put up 487. There was some news on the injury front for the Tigers coming out of this game. You may have started to wonder, uh, where was DJ Wiongolay pretty early in this game? I, I thought that he would even play some in the first half. I mentioned the other day, I thought this package uh with he at quarterback, maybe Trevor Lawrence at receiver will continue to uh, evolve a little bit and see a little bit more of that this week. He didn't come in in the first half and then when Trevor Lawrence exited after the first drive, first couple drives of the third quarter, uh Tyson Pumichon came in the game. And it was a little surprising to see number 7 out there first and it began uh, a lot of questions about why is DJ not in there? Did he get passed on the depth chart? Turns out he is experiencing some shoulder stiffness and that was coming from the Clemson Tigers network broadcast during the game coach Sweeney would not really elaborate and would not get specific on what was bothering DJ Uwengoleway just simply said he was sore and it said it happened last week against Miami you know he had a couple I think he had two runs in that game so on one of those he must have banged his shoulder or did something uh that certainly gave him some issues they just wanted to hold him out i don't it didn't sound like from what coach Sweeney said or from what Tony Elliott said, who really wouldn't say much at all, they just kept saying they just felt like it was best to hold him out. So they didn't really uh, elaborate anymore, but I don't think this is serious. He traveled with the team. He was standing on the sideline. I almost wonder if it was sort of a game-flow decision, like, hey, it's it's 52-7, to seven. Uh, just go ahead and send in Tyson and let him get some reps. You might have also then noticed that Tyson Pumichon came out of the game as well as Tyson suffered a broken bone, a small fracture, in his left hand, that's his non-throwing hand. He's a right-hander, so it does not affect his throwing. Tyson did have surgery on that broken hand to repair it Sunday, and he said that the surgery went really well. He tweeted that out on Twitter later on on Sunday. So Tyson Pumichon did undergo surgery to fix it, and Dabo Sweeney's hoping that that kind of speeds up the process. He'll have a cast on there, hoping to get him back on the field sooner than later. But now that leaves Clemson one quarterback shy there on the depth chart. At least for the time being. Uh, If he cannot go, they may have found their third-string quarterback. Hunter Helms, the fourth stringer, came in and looked really good. I know Georgia Tech had quit and given up, and it was an absolute blowout. But Helms went on two touchdown drives and was 5 of 7 for 74 yards and threw those two touchdowns. He had a higher QB rating than Trevor Lawrence in this game, a guy who threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. So... Hunter Helms, pretty good. Preferred walk-on looked good in his debut uh, on the road for the Tigers. And then Will Spires, the punter, showed up. Yeah, he played in quarterback in this game. Some of you are probably going, wait a minute, why is the punter at quarterback? Spires had actually played the position some uh, during his time at Clemson. He helped out in the spring at quarterback. They needed an extra arm to help run drills and routes and stuff. So he filled in that role during the spring, but he was two for three passing for 13 yards in this game. He also, with his leg, averaged over 50 yards on three punts, so a good game there for Will Spires. Coming up tomorrow's show, going to have Tuesday Tiger of the Week, plus he said he said. You get to hear from Tony Elliott and Brent Venables, the offensive and defensive coordinators, respectively, for the Tigers, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your host Brad Sinkov. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Brad Sinkoff. That's S E N K I W. And please tell your friends, your family, everybody about the Locked On Clemson podcast. Your team every day. Help us spread the word, please. And make sure you hit the uh, download button, the subscribe button. Certainly can't tell you uh, enough how much that means to support. The Locked On Clemson Podcast. Have a great day. Take care. Talk to you tomorrow, Tiger Nation.